Welcome back, everybody. I am so happy to welcome Rose Bianca to the show. Uh, you know her from Cobra Kai. You know her from uh, many other places that you have seen her in uh, recently. We're going to talk about all of that. Thank you, Rose, for joining me. My pleasure. Yeah, and uh, welcome. Uh, again, I'm in Chicago. You're in Atlanta. I know you grew up in Chicago. You were born in Chicago. Uh, you were there until your mid-20s. So welcome to Chicago in, in a slight uh, and silly way since I'm here. Yes, yes. It feels good to be vicariously in Chicago. I want to go and visit so badly. I can't wait till COVID is over. Yeah, yeah. Chicago is, is a beautiful place, as you know, but we're at 28 degrees right now. So I think Atlanta feels a lot, a lot nicer at the moment. Yeah, and it's cold here. So you can imagine how I would feel if I were in Chicago right now. Yeah, you, you would be in uh, three layers, uh, uh, likely, if you're outside. My wife my wife and I wanted to go walk, uh, you know, walk in the dog yesterday evening, and then we looked at each other, it was 25, and felt like, you know, who knows what, and we said, yeah, basement, uh, a treadmill is fine. So we went to the basement and walked. Oh, out. my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a wuss, what can I tell you? Um, so... Uh, Again, I, I know you know lots of people who are watching this are, are Cobra Kai fans, as I am. It's one of my favorite shows. As a matter of fact, my son literally right now is finishing up watching episode one of season one. It took me a while to get him on there. I had he and I this weekend, the past weekend, uh, watched the original uh, uh, Karate Kid. Kid. One. Yeah, so I had him watch that first. And now he's watching uh, Cobra Kai season one, so I get a chance to rewatch it all over again, and it's uh, it really uh, brings joy to my heart. Well, good. He must be in that other room going, "This show is amazing," because <laughs> that he was. Yeah. No, it it's incredible. It's incredible. It is. I I asked everybody to be quiet. You know, fortunately, I'm upstairs. He's downstairs, so there's a little bit of space, and he's. I think he's finishing up, so there shouldn't be much screaming. I told him not to watch episode two without me. I, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I'm there for it. So yeah, um, it's it was great. And then me, you know, it, it's kind of this juxtaposition of me being a host, me being a fan of the uh, you know Karate Kid and the Cobra Kai universe, and me being an actor. So kind of all those three things combined. And as he's watching episode one, I'm like, oh, Hannah, she was on my show. And then, oh, you know, Susan, she was on my show. And, oh, she's like, she's like, shut up, Dad. I'm trying to enjoy watching the show. I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah, anyway, but it was it was great. And then uh, he's asking me, you know, who are you interviewing now? And I said, you know, uh, uh, Miguel's uh, grandma. He's like, okay, we haven't met her yet. Okay, got it. So uh, he's he's looking forward to seeing everybody. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop my chatting. Um, I really, again, in a show, um, Cobra Kai, they do such a fantastic job of mixing things, and it has a lot of heart. And one of those pieces that is true heart of the show is Yaya, is the character that you play, uh, is you know, Miguel's grandma. Uh, can you tell me about how you approach that particular role and how it speaks to you? Um. When I, uh, I, I identify a lot with the role, even mm -hmm. though um, I was born here in the U.S. and I speak English 
I'm not sure that it's even my first language because when I was growing up, my parents, when I was a baby, I'm sure my parents were speaking Spanish, you know, so I guess that's actually my first language. Um, but <clears throat> I feel like Rosa um, is a com combination of my mother and me because a, a lot of the old-fashioned ways of her dress and kind of staying at home and cooking and doing all this stuff is very much my mom. Um, and my mom also was a bit of a wisecracker, but also, yeah, totally. <laughs> but also I am, uh, I'm very like maternal and I feel um, protective of Miguel while at the same time not coddling him or babying him. So this is a very Latino type of approach to yep. child raising a little bit. And Carmen, I think, is a little bit more modern in her child raising because she's like a no violence. And I'm like, you know, if he hits you, you hit him back. You know? So that's kind of how I grew up. Um, that kind of that kind of environment, or I don't know, not environment, but just that type of upraising, which is more old school. And I think that Rose is a little bit more old school in that, in terms of that. Um, I don't know what else to say about that, except that I feel like it's a, a glove on my hand. I mean, it's just so comfortable to me to play that role. Vanessa Rubio is so wonderful. I love her. I always give her big hugs when I see her and she's so great. So it just made it so much better. Miguel is so, he's so down to earth. He's just like a regular kid. I mean, Sholo, the real kid. He's just like a regular kid who plays video games and is a little bit nerdy and he's just like totally normal. So I feel um, like uh, close to my family because those are the people I act with all the time. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's there's there's a beautiful chemistry between the three of you. And I wonder how naturally it came. I know you said that the role feels very natural to you, but that chemistry between uh, you, know, you, Vanessa, and Cholo, uh, how quickly did that form? That was, that was immediate, immediate. My first day on the set, um, I met Vanessa and Cholo and Cholo's mother because at the time he was a minor, you yeah. know, and um, he reminds me a little bit of my own son. Oh, and I think at the time he was, he had a job one day a week or something teaching Dungeons and Dragons in, you know, in the valley. And then he yeah. was very uh, vocal about it. And so he just reminded me a little bit of my own son. He was just very adorable. And Vanessa, of course, is an angel. I hate to keep saying that, but she's going to sort of say, he's not doing that, Rose. But it's so true. She's just so sweet. So so open, so kind. Um, it was an, an immediate affinity. Yeah, I, I again, it's a, being married to somebody who's a very strong, uh, you know, woman. Uh, I like seeing characters, you know, played by women that are uh, multidimensional. I like seeing the strength and at the same time seeing um, that heart. And I, I really like the way that they did uh, Vanessa's uh, character. Uh, mm -hmm. By the way, immediately once I saw her, I said, okay, that's that's a love interest uh, for Johnny. Uh, even though way before anything ever developed, I knew where that was going. You too? Yeah. Okay. Me too! 
so and and great again writers are, are fantastic i love what they are doing with the show my only regret and i know that you know likely they have the same thing is that you only have 10 episodes uh, to work with uh because there's so much that they can actually uh play with that a lot of it they don't get a chance to because uh, they simply don't have time and they have to pick it so i'm hoping you know i know you got uh, you know renewed for season four i'm hoping that if you're gonna get kind of uh deeper into it maybe they'll uh, add more episodes instead of 10 maybe a 12 or a 13 you know kind of episode run i don't know i'm hoping because there's a lot of stuff i, I was talking to uh, to susan who plays homeless lynn and there are so many ways that they can go with that character. Uh, I expected more things to be done with Hannah uh, Keppel's character, who uh, uh, who plays. Uh, mm. um, yeah, there there were many things that they could have done, and they didn't do much in season three. So there's a lot of stuff that's available to them. I just don't think they have enough of a runway. So I'm hoping that 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 evolves. But uh, well, the runway is just the seasons as they mature and as they go through. It's all. I don't know anything about that, of course, but I just saw The Queen's Gambit, which I think is on Netflix, and that was seven episodes. And at the end of the seven episodes, you're just like, it is what it is. You just have to, you have to accept it and be grateful. Yeah, and that that one, by the way, is interesting because, again, it was meant to be a limited series. It was meant to be a one and done. You're done. That's it. And uh, people loved it so much, myself included, and then my wife, uh, you know, who I convinced to watch it, uh, that they're talking about, hey, you need to come back, you need to continue this uh, this story and figure something else out. I had I had a few people uh, from the show on. Uh, it was it was great. I kind of strap yourself in, and you're there through the end, just with your eyes wide open of what's happening. Who did you have on from that show? Uh, yeah, so I had uh, one of the twins, so uh, Matt, uh, uh, and then I had uh, Borgov's wife. Uh, her name is Yanina. She's uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, a oh. wonderful actress. So I those are the two that I had on at the moment. I think I have a few more scheduled uh, to come on. But yeah, it's uh, the the beauty of what it is that I get a chance to do, which I'm so grateful for, is. Uh, I get a chance to talk to the people who I watch on screen, and that's fantastic. So uh, it's it's something that I did not anticipate until mid last year when I started it, and now it's just become a part of uh, of of my life. And I remember at one point uh, last year. By the way, another person who I had on my show uh, was Ed Asner. I I couldn't believe it that uh, Ed and I had a chance to talk. Ed, uh, you know, played a you know, very important uh, role in Cobra Kai, uh, and he's such a lovely, lovely person uh, that it's it's sad that people may think of him uh, in, in that oh, way. No. Because yeah. he always has this gruff exterior, which he even did in Mary Tyler Moore back in the day, and just his co-guest star roles. I'm sure he's very lovely. I looked at some of the pictures, and it's funny because I just finished the Queen's Gambit. I like went to the whole thing in two days. Yeah. And, and so I didn't know who they were when I first saw all the little pictures of the people on your website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I started watching the Mary Taylor Moore show in preparation for the interview with Ad Asna because I've never watched it. You know, I came to the country when I was 14. Uh, Mary Taylor Moore show was done by that time. So I never got into it. And then 
I watched it. I couldn't stop watching it. It's such a beautiful uh, show, and Ed was wonderful on it. So yes. uh, anyway, um, getting getting back to uh, to Cobra Kai because I know a lot of people are watching this for it. And then, by the way, after it, I definitely want to talk to you about acting because this is what this show is about. And you have a really interesting story which a lot of actors uh, will relate to. But on the Cobra Kai side, uh, again, the the show was on YouTube. I was not aware of it uh, when it was on YouTube. I became aware of it when it came on uh, Netflix. Um, so thank God, you know, for Netflix uh, putting it on and making it what it is. But there was a period of time be between that. Did you think that the show was just going to end after two seasons? Did you have any indication uh, that it was going to get picked up by somebody else? I had no idea that it would be picked up by someone else mm -hmm. for a long time until there were mutterings on social media about it. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, John is not going to call me and say, hey, Rose, you know what I've been thinking about doing? You know, <laughs> but I, I assumed it would go to season three, even if it was just on YouTube, because it, it was very popular on YouTube. Yeah. It was the most popular show on the YouTube channel. What? You know, I think I think it was like the only popular show, really. I mean, you know, certainly of a narrative show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and my goodness, the the cliffhanger at the end of season two, I was crying, uh, and and then I had to wait along with everybody else to see what happens. Uh, it was it was very very painful. Uh, so, and then because of a break, you know, uh, Sholo went from a skinny kid to, I mean, he's he's older, he's quite a bit older. I'm like, how are they gonna, <laughs> how are they gonna do that? But it worked out uh, pretty well. I think it uh, it 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 seems seamless uh, enough in terms of some of the differences of uh, the kids just growing up, which I know they weren't necessarily kids, but uh, it's it was pretty cool. To watch. When he was in the coma on the hospital bed. He just like fanned up a little bit. Yeah, I thought I thought that worked itself out very very nicely because that certainly wasn't a part of the plan, but it made sense, and that's the only thing that we're looking for is just what's our way in. We're good. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, um, I know that again. Uh, you know, you weren't there for uh, for the uh, you know fast forward to season two, the the end of season two, as we mentioned. You weren't there for the uh, for the high school fight. Obviously, you were there. Uh, kind of uh, in season three, but were you aware that this is where it's kind of building up? And uh, did you know what was going to happen? Did they uh, announce it? Uh, I know to the kids themselves as they were planning, likely, but to everybody else, no. And it's and it's because of a phenomenon that that is in in all of TV and film right now. You only get to know as much as you need to know. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of leaks, and they try to control that. And um, you know, I'm sure everybody in the scene who had to do all that 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 yeah. the practice involved in that must have been insane. Yeah. I, when I watched it, I just thought, "I do this, my God!" But I I only know my my episodes. My episodes, I get to read that script. And I don't really get told all the secrets, so I was shocked as well. It was really wonderful. Yeah, and my goodness for Vanessa as well. You know, just from an acting perspective, right? You're 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 a mother, obviously. As a as a person, 
you're you're shooting with uh, with Sholo, you get used to him, you have you know you develop the chemistry, and then you find out, oh oh my goodness, what's going to happen at the end of season two? I have to react to this, and then I have to wait. <laughs> I have to wait a long time until anything gets resolved. So from an acting perspective, I found that uh, that very interesting as well. Well, when we taped it, yeah. season three, um, it wasn't so far distant. That's true. So much time had not passed yeah. from when it aired to when we were taping. Yeah. So I, I, I felt it was a continuity uh, for me, and um, it helped because uh, I had really emotional scenes. I wasn't in it too much, but um, I definitely was – I felt um, – I felt like uh, uh, affected. Yeah. And you're brave for your family, as brave as you can be, but it's pretty horrible. It's pretty horrible. I'm getting sad thinking about it. This is so, so, so then a year passed. <laughs> right? Then I'm like going, oh, wow, I did that. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. And then um, in, in those scenes, so. Um from an acting perspective, right? So some actors use substitution, which I'm not a fan of. I've tried it. It, it worked for me on some takes and did not work on other takes. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of imagination work and other ways of connecting. But um, what was it uh, for you playing those emotional scenes? Um, so my acting style, I, I can't really describe it per se. I'm sure um, I, I studied... I, I didn't go all the way through college. I dropped out of college, first of all. And then the Goodman the Goodman Theater joined the call, and I was like, you know, whatever. Still, I. But um, I I think mostly the Stanislavski method, you know. Um, and then I went to study with Ted Liss. Ted Liss was kind of a legend over there in Chicago at the time, and. I was at his, it was like a conservatory for a couple of years. And it's mostly Stanislavski method. I wouldn't say it was the method, like the actor studio though. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, did, we did learn about substitution. And I never did Sanford Meisner or any of that sort of thing. But I then I studied with lots of different people. I studied Bill Hickey in New York uh, for about six months and Julie Bovasa for a couple of years. And I studied with Richard Dubin in San Francisco, and you know, and as an actor, even now, occasionally I'll take an acting class. Um, a couple of years ago, I studied with Quentin Landy here in Atlanta, and he's a great teacher. Mm -hmm. So, I've developed my own style, you know, and plus, um, I I work a lot in audition all the time, and so the tools are more accessible. They're not so far and hard to get. So in general, I'd say I was in the moment, in the circumstances. I was actually in the circumstances. That's how I can best um, react to the circumstances, is to be stepping in the shoes. So it's kind of hard for non-actors to understand, but I'm just in the moment, in the moment of the circumstances. The, for non-actors, that basically means that you're kind of living in that particular reality at that moment. So everything yeah. feels real for you because that's that's your life at that time. Uh, right. Think of it as Avatar, right? 
Uh, not Avatar The Last Airbender, which is amazing. My favorite cartoon series of all time. Uh, animated series. My my apologies for calling it a cartoon. Uh, but it's like Avatar, right? You're, you're kind of going in that, and then it becomes your body, then it becomes your life. And then it's right. the one is real, which one's not. So that's that's kind of that acting when we can just get into it and it feels real and we react naturally. And that's what every one of us is trying to do all the time, which doesn't work all the time. <laughs> but that's what, that's what we attempt anyway. Um, and then on that, right? So you're, you're in a very, very emotional uh, scene you're living in that circumstance. How easy is it for you as an actress to get out of that and get back into, okay, this is my reality. That is just something that I experienced, but that's not really what's happening. Oh, it's instantaneous. I'm totally just, Thank you know, God. I'm like, oh my God, everybody got Kleenex, you know. <laughs> I just, uh, I get right out of it. Okay, so between takes, you're able to kind of snap in and snap out. I know between takes, I try to stay in character, kind of, um, to an extent. Not in character, but just I'm not going to be making jokes too much in between scenes when I get when there's like this uh, important scene that we're doing over and over. So if there's like an extended period, like lunch break or just like they're doing another, they're setting another camera setup or whatever, then I just down and chat about whatever but in between you, you can't just be like ah, oh my god oh my god that's so hard to do yeah i i know some uh, some actresses that you know i've uh, i have not talked to them but i've heard that you know she's crying and it's a you know heartbreaking scene and then they have cut and she's like okay so what are we having for lunch good and then back into it i'm like i don't know how they do that i'm not able to do that that's that's not my level of expertise. So uh, I'm, it's it's fascinating to me how how some people uh, just operate and are able to do their job from an acting perspective. Um, and then from uh, from the role, right? So um, again, for the non-actors, you have leads who are in you know most episodes. You have recurring people who come back, and there are many episodes. Then you have kind of the you know. Uh, guest star that comes in into one episode usually, and then you have co-stars, the smaller roles that are kind of moving the story along. So your character, I think you're a recurring, correct? Recurring, recurring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A recurring guest star, I don't know how they're billing it, but it's, it's a recurring. Um, so did you know going into it that this is going to be a recurring, uh, I, or did they say, we don't know at this moment, we kind of, uh, you know, we'll see what happens? Um. When I first started, um, on my, my very first episode, mm -hmm. they, I think that they just want to see if, if you work out. Yeah. They say that you're going to do more than the one episode, as I recall. As I recall, I went in and did the one episode, and it was eating dinner around the table, I think, with that same one. Yeah, so that went like gangbusters, you know, and then... Like the next week, I'm like, okay, now we're gonna do this other scene, you know, in this other episode. So uh, at that point, I realized, okay, this is definitely a recurring character. I just had to pass muster, so to speak. Um, I'm sorry, this is making noise. Um, so I, I'm recurring. Um, I'm not a huge part of the show, obviously, uh, but I'm very happy to be 
part of the family. Yeah. Um, I, I really feel like very grounded in what I have to do. I feel grounded in the family circumstances and I, I'm, I'm familiar with the circumstances. I feel so close to my daughter, especially. She's so great. But then, you know, uh, my grandson, it's like I adore, I adore him. You know how it is? He's the boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's another old-fashioned thing. Yeah. No, uh, you know what, Ellen? It's like I am comfortable with what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of other work as well, you know, so yeah. I'm pretty happy. I'm in a pretty good position for my age. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's that's another thing I wanted to touch upon, but we'll come back to it in a second. The because you're doing a lot of other work, which uh, which I want to discuss as well. Um, when do you know from kind of the shooting schedule perspective? And uh, I know Netflix is very careful, so no, don't tell us anything that we shouldn't be uh, knowing. But um, how how quickly do you hear of a uh, you know Rose? We're going to need you for a few weeks here. We're going to need you for a week here because you have to kind of juggle your other commitments. How does that work? Um, well, in general, when uh, they're starting to shoot, they'll send out a message to my agent and they'll need uh, to pin rows for this period of time. And, um, and then my agent knows, and it's a span of time. And then if I book another job within that period that I'm pinned, then my agent talks to the production and they're like, okay, yeah, she's not going to work on that day. That's fine. It's just a logistical. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's talk about uh, kind of your path and your, your acting journey, which I found fascinating. So you went to DePaul, which is my alma mater as well. I love DePaul. I didn't go to theater school there. I went to, you know, kind of business, advertising, making, then came back. By the way, here's a little known fact. I graduated from SNL which I still think is, is awesome. School of New Learning at the uh, But one of the reasons why I chose that is because it was SNL. And me as an actor, I'm like, yep, I'm going to have SNL, SNL always on the resume. So, yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was always I like DePaul. And you went to DePaul, and then you studied. You've done a conservatory. You've acted. Uh, then you went from... Uh, Chicago, and you kind of hit all of the markets eventually, right? The four major markets within the United States is, you know, New York and LA, then Atlanta became a, uh, a very good hub uh, lately, last 10 years or so, and then Chicago is starting to catch up. There's a lot of stuff happening in Chicago. So you left Chicago, and I think you went to LA, is that correct? Or did you go to New York first? No, no, no. Um, I went to San Francisco first. San Francisco, okay. Where I was kind of a vagabond, and I went to San Francisco. I was going to go to New York because I said, "Okay, you know, I I had a I had done an equity show, so I, I had equity credit. Then by my next show, I could join equity, and I had done a couple of commercials because I had an agent in Chicago since I was like 17. And I said, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to go to New York. I read the Shirley MacLaine biography, and I'm like, I am inspired. Okay. But then I went to visit my friend in San Francisco first. Okay. And it was so amazing that I just decided to stay in San Francisco. I stayed there for like three and a half years. And it was really fun. Um, and I, I was with a women's collective, um, 
Rene Gladson did a lot of silly plays and shows. And I sang and and I wore glitter and we danced and it was very campy and it was just super, super fun times. Um, and after a while I said, hmm, I should be more serious about my career, otherwise I'll just end up being the school secretary forever. So I went to so I got an agent. I did some industrials. I did. I got my equity card finally, and I said, "Now I'm ready to go to New York." And I went to New York, and um, I was there for again almost four years. It was it was very very hard to get anything, anything. And um, after like three years, I finally got an agent, and I got a, on, a, on a show. But by that time, I had met my husband, and then we got married, and then got a job in LA. So when I was starting to make inroads, just starting to make inroads, it was like, okay, I'm moving to LA now. So yeah. that's Let, Let's pause for a second. I just want to uh, say something to people that it's really important. It's not like you're an actor and you know everybody knows you. It's very regional in a way. So when you know Rose just said that it took her three years to kind of finally make inroads in New York, moving to LA is basically starting from scratch. Yes. That, that's what you need to realize. So all of that work, all of those connections, all of that, starting again. Go ahead, sorry. Right. But then what happened is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I, I got uh, pregnant and mm -hmm. I uh, had to get a job after, well, I was working part-time. My husband was the manager of a theater over there, the Westwood Playhouse. And um, I was like ushering while I was pregnant. Uh, and then after the baby was born, I started working part-time. And, and then I had to work full-time because we needed to get better insurance. So I basically gave up acting. I, I Briefly in LA, my son was about two years old. And I said, oh, I hate this civilian life. I'm going to get back into acting. And I, I got an agent pretty quickly, but that fell apart quickly. I did, I, right away I booked I booked a show. It was like um, a reenactment show mm -hmm. and where I played a girl that was killer. He killed his wife and goes to the bar. He picks up a girl at the bar. That's me. So that show, that was great. I booked something quickly, right? But yeah. then agent wanted me to get a new headshot because I looked too Spanish in my picture and she said that I could pass for other things and I really needed to get new pictures and at that time my son needed surgery on his ears and I just like I hate this show business in LA I hate it just you know I'm done so that's it I was done for quite a while until my kids were like 10 and 15 you know then I sort of got back into it in Atlanta yeah, but so then you moved from LA to Atlanta because your husband got a job in Atlanta. And, uh -huh. um, you know, at that time, Atlanta wasn't, you know, uh, the hub it is right now for, yeah. you know, prior to COVID. But <laughs> so um, when did you decide that you were going to go back into acting and how did that transition uh, go? Um, well, again, my husband was uh, stage managing at the, puppet, the, the puppetry center. Mm -hmm. And um, and then he got a job uh, doing the technical supply, technical sales in, in a, in a um, theatrical supply store. So he's always involved in that world. Yeah. And I was always working in an office, you know, just doing regular work. 
And, and it, of course, after a while, you just really want to get back into theater. So I started doing costumes, costumes for a show, because I, I love the costumes. And, and then uh, for this lady named Elizabeth Andre, and then I did costumes for another show. And that was 10 Little Indians. And she could not find somebody to play the old lady who did the knitting needles. So she said, Rose, would you please do this role? I can't find anybody to play this role. I was like, okay, that'll be fun. <laughs> you know, so my husband was in the show too. This was community theater, by the way. I was, I had given up my equity card by this time. So um, we brought the kids with us. They were like um, five and nine or something like that to every rehearsal. And they were so good. Um, and it was fun. And, and, and then I didn't do another show for a couple of years. You know, it's like, it's something where you have little kids in the house and you work in the day, you cannot do it. Yep. And I'll tell your, your viewers that the thing about the theatrical business is that many, I know many people who just don't have kids. They just don't have kids um, because it's hard to do this business and raise your kids. You have to give up the business a little bit. If you're not successful already, you just have to stop because you can't just never be home for your kids. Um, by doing one little play every couple of years over a period of time, I eventually um, got an agent. And by this time, you know, my daughter was in middle school. My son was in high school. They didn't want me uh, hanging around them all the time. So it was easier to just do more. And what was the first thing that uh, on screen that got you kind of uh, back in the door? It was the ultimate gift. I went, I'm... I sent my picture and resume to an agency, mm -hmm. and I didn't hear from them for two years. I kid you not. And then one day I get a call out of the blue, out of the blue. This is something that your viewers who are actors should actually feel, you know, in heart, heartened by. And they're like, hi, this was Bianco. And um, the agent said, yeah, we'd like to come uh, in and we'd like to talk to you. So I was very excited, like, wow, this is amazing. And I went in and I met them and I had to do a monologue in their office. And, and they're like, okay, well, you're great. We'd like to you know, sign you on. And by the way, can you audition for this? <laughs> no, my job. Uh -huh. And it was okay. because it was, it was like a Ecuadorian librarian in the ultimate gift. And at that time there were no Spanish people, I guess, in Atlanta who were acting. Yep. And I was, I speak Spanish. So I was probably one of very few people who might have even been able to read for that role. Yeah. So, and I booked it. I booked my first, my first audition. So that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Yeah, because you've been in a ton of stuff since. Uh, and I've seen you, you know, I didn't realize it uh, until I started kind of uh, tracking back as it's so often with actors, uh, you know, we've seen them, we know them, we just didn't quite put the two and two together. So I've seen you in, uh, you know, uh, Project Power. I, uh, I think that's what it's called. So I've seen you there where you played the matriarch. I've seen you in a bunch of places. And, uh, but again, I, you know, like many people, I probably remember you most for uh, the Cobra Kai. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ongoing and it's so popular. Everybody loves it. My character's so funny, and, and they kind of know that it's part of the family. And 
it's just, uh, of course, that is definitely the, what most people know me from. Yeah. Um, do you find that, <clears throat> and again, you've mentioned age, and uh, I got into, you know, I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid, then we immigrated, then my parents said, you're not going to be an actor, because you may have, uh, you know, you may have some ability, but that's now why we came to the United States. Um, right. So I always kind of tried to, uh, to nibble, but you, you know, got married, had kids, uh, you, you know, you know the drill. Um, and then in my early 40s is when I started really kind of getting back into it. And at that time, I heard something that I didn't expect. People said, oh, that's great that you're older because there's less competition and there are more roles for you. And especially as you're starting out and kind of the way that actors start out is you go to student films, you go to indies, that's kind of what you do. And I found that everybody wanted me because they needed the businessman, they needed the dad, they needed the, all of these, uh, you know, uh, roles that they didn't have uh, too many people to uh, to play, especially in student films when you're working for free. <laughs> so until you get to the indies and you're actually starting to make a little money. So um, did you find that, uh, you know, as you got older, you actually got more opportunities for different interesting roles as opposed to when you were younger or not? Oh, from, from when I was younger? It's a different world, though, because yeah. for whatever reason, even though I look so white, um, as I read as Hispanic, and I am, and I'm Spanish-speaking, which is on my resume. So when I was starting out um, in my first 10 years, let's say, my first 10 years of acting, yeah. I always read for the Spanish teller or the Spanish receptionist or the Spanish mom, you know. But there were not very many roles like that. And sure. I was never, almost never sent out for for just a, a role for a 30-year-old person, woman, you know. Yeah. It had to always have, it always had to be ethnic. And, um, and for theater, forget about it. Even I mean, especially in theater, I, I definitely had to play Hispanic. And now it's the same. It's the same, by the way. But you know what's different now? There's a lot of roles. Yeah. And because I've stuck to it for so long, there are less competition. So that's probably one of the reasons I do get gotten so lucky. Yeah. And um, how was yeah, I? Uh, at some point, a number of Chicago actors uh, kind of moved to Atlanta because uh, Atlanta became the hub. Uh, how do you enjoy working in Atlanta? I know not all of the projects are shot, obviously, in Atlanta, but how do you enjoy working the Atlanta market? Um, I think it's, I think, um, boy, boy, us Atlanta actors that I've known, I, you know, I was doing uh, improv for a year, and so some of my improv buddies I'm really doing great work as well. Theater, all the theater people, are, the good theater people are now getting to work and make money. Uh, theaters are now realize they need understudies who might actually have to go on because the good actors are getting <laughs> roles in film. We're all very happy. It's a small, it's kind of a small community where I may not have met Jane Doe in person, but Jane Doe knows who I am. I know who she is. If I ever meet her, like, hey, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're Rose. Oh, I love you and such and such. Like, we all kind of know each other at, to a great degree. It's kind of a, a very um, 
it's kind of a tight-knit community and we support each other it's not very cutthroat which you know it can be certainly in LA, it was like that it was so awful in LA when I was there I hate to say that because I mean moved to LA at some point but you know it, it was definitely more cutthroat in LA it just a little bit that I waded into it a little and I'm like oh I hate this business it doesn't feel I guess it reminds me of Chicago because it's it's a smaller community and uh, a lot of really talented uh, people who are you know pulling for each other. I I haven't met I met a few obviously, but uh, for the most part, people have been really really good to each other. And you know, when I get invited on a project, I cannot do it. Uh, my friends are getting recommendations right away, so uh, that's that's kind of the way that we work. So. Uh, it's good to hear that that's similar on the planet. Um, right. If, if, and if there's like a role, I would say there's Nora Daisy, um, anybody like between the 40 to 60 age range of Latina ladies. We all know each other. We're friends. We refer each other for things. Yep. You know, it just it may not be for me, but it's definitely for Stella. It may not be for Stella, but it's definitely for Daisy. You know, it's we, but you know, um, well, I don't know how to say it. We just we're just not backstabbing. Yeah, I, and I think the whole point of that uh, of that type of an environment that you've mentioned in LA, um, it's not really helpful to anybody. No. Uh, I think when because there have been so many opportunities that uh, my friends got because I put them there, or I got because my friends put me there, that it, it's, it's a tree that uh, that grows. And if we look at the business as a whole, uh, people work together all the time. And you know, directors, producers, they have a number of actors that they know can deliver and are good on set, and uh, they enjoy working with. And they keep doing projects together. That's that's kind of if you look at Hollywood and you look at success stories, that's what you see. You know, Adam Sandler, uh, Tarantino. It's it's all kind of the same uh, same idea of a lot of the same people working together. So it's that community that you build, not yeah. really, you know climbing on top of each other just to get to the top because you're never going to stay there. That's that's the point. So it's good. And uh, in Atlanta. Um, do you find again in Chicago in order to get a top role on a show? Uh, usually goes to LA or New York actors, uh, and then uh, Chicago actors do a lot of supporting uh, things, and then eventually maybe you get to a certain. Point. But in Atlanta, is that the case, or Atlanta uh, actors are getting you know, more uh, leading roles? No, it's it is the case. That is the case here. Uh, it is changing because it's been a while. Now, in fact, a lot of LA and New York actors live here, you know. Excuse me, but um, it, it's definitely changing, but there's only a handful of people who regularly are getting guest stars. Uh, but for the most part, you're going to start at co star, and you're not going to have an opportunity to read for a guest star or a lead role. Um, but what there is also, though, here is because there's so many shows that are originating here, yeah. I, there are people like me who, or like other people um, here in Atlanta, there's a couple who are from Atlanta, and they, there's uh, Nicole Brown, she's from here, um, 
who have the opportunity to read for a brand new show and then maybe going to be a, a, seri a recurring or potentially a series regular in the future, but certainly recurring and to the point where you know you can get to recurring guest star. So we're lucky that there's so many projects here and so many new projects. Um, I've been reading for bigger parts, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and you just have to stick it out, right? Uh, if you're good and you're in it long enough and uh, you're a pleasure to work with, usually good things tend to happen. A mm -hmm. um, few more questions. I know that, uh, that we're coming up on, on our time, but back to Cobra Kai for a moment. Are there any parts from the experience on the show that are really kind of sticking with you? That stay with me? Yeah, what? that stay with you. Not necessarily what was on screen, but just from mm -hmm. the experience of being a part of the show that uh, you're kind of looking upon saying, yep, I'll, I'll remember this for a long time. Yes, I would say a couple of things. Number one, when I was doing uh, one of the episodes in season one, mm -hmm. Jen Salata was a director and um, I was doing something several times and I was a little bit upset. I felt like, you know, oh, I'm not getting it or whatever. And I didn't say anything, obviously, and I just like, right, re reset and do it again or whatever. And the director said, you're doing amazing, Rose. And I think she kind of knew that I was feeling down on myself a little bit, but she was so uplifting. This is the director. Was so supportive and, and uplifting. And I felt so good um, because it's you always feel like you're thrown in there into the pool and it's sink or swim and you yeah. just you know when they say rolling at you just like <clears throat> there's like hundreds of people around and you've got to deliver or you're screwed and it, it's 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 not easy so I felt really really good about that and to, on top of that. John Hurwitz is such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. It's so funny because I, I then later went to see um, the Hamburger movie, um, the White Castle movie, and then and then the Hot Tub Time Machine, and I'm like, oh, they're so foul. <laughs> but their sense of humor is so dirty. But they're so down to earth and nice, and um, they make me feel comfortable, and then you don't have to be nervous. To everybody, not just me, and this is my first season, maybe my second episode, so I'm still very new. I felt comfortable right away, and not just me, but other people who are only there one time. They're just, everybody's very nice. So it's just a really great environment. That's wonderful. Um, perfect, I love that. And then um, lastly, you had a chance to go into a hot tub time machine and, uh, and speak to young Rose who's uh, just starting acting and give her one piece of advice, what would that be? What would I tell me, myself? Yeah. In the, in the hot tub time machine? Well, figuratively speaking, or any, any yeah. time machine, you had a chance to talk to a young Rose <laughs> right now and give her one piece of acting advice, what would that be? Um, I would say just 
do do your thing. Go on there, read, do your lines, react to the people, put in effect your training, and and then walk away from it. And don't don't be saying how terrible you did and how terrible you are. I was very bad about that, and I discovered that I'm not so terrible, am I? But I just worse. It was the worst. So I would say be easy on yourself. Yeah. I think all of the actors uh, definitely need to hear that, and I think people in general need to hear that. Oh, take it easy on yourself. And the the world is hard enough. Uh, we we don't need to add extra you know weight on top of it. Uh, thank you so much, Rose. It's it's been such a pleasure uh, having you on. Um, I I look forward to rewatching uh, your work now with my son, and uh, seeing more of it in seasons four, and hopefully a lot more. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, and thanks to everybody for tuning in to another episode of The Love of Acting. We know you love it as much as we do, and this is why we continue doing this. For you.